I'm rocking with the with the blonde hair. What made you decide to? Yeah, I know. To change it oh, up. Oh man, I don't. I just sort of wanted to change it up, man. I don't know if I'm feeling it, but I just thought, fuck it, let's see what it looks like. So, yeah, man, going for Some it. Some slim shady energy. Yeah, that's it, man. <laughs> love it. I love it. I love it. <laughs> Jack tan, and he's got blonde hair. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Ooh, good start. Yes, sir. Anwar, how's it going, brother? What's up, man? Yeah, good. Yourself? I'm doing well. Nice to meet you. Yeah, you too, man. <laughs> I'm digging that. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm digging the platinum hair, man. Yeah, thank you, man. I thought I'd change <laughs> yeah. it up, bro. Throw some shady. Please stand up, man. Let's go. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to be near eight mile for sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right, for the audience who doesn't know, um, I welcome a dear friend. His name is Oliver Anwar. He is a qualified personal trainer, nutrition coach, and a consultant who's helped countless people transform their health, both digitally and face-to-face. He is the founder of The Worker Coach, an online fitness coaching program for high performers. Uh, he's been featured in The Good Men Project, Life Hack, Addicted to Success, and he's also partnered with uh, Anytime Fitness, WeWork, amongst other companies. And his mission is simple, to help ambitious professionals and executives make a fitness lifestyle around their career. Welcome to the podcast, man. Thank you, man. Appreciate the kind words, Zaid. And um, yeah, appreciate having me on, uh, on, boys. The podcast is, I've listened to a few episodes and it's some great stuff. So yeah, I'm honored <laughs> to be on. Thank you. Appreciate we it. Appreciate that, my man. And we're loving your cool. podcast too. Yeah, we, whole bunch we've, given it, we've given a listen to yours as well. And it's just like, and even the, ver- like the variant other like podcasts that, you, that you've been on, like you speaking is just like immediately adds value. It's crazy. <laughs> Thank you, man. Yeah. Um, yeah I love podcasting. Yeah, it's great. It's awesome. <laughs> so uh, what got you, um, I'm curious, just to, just to start off, what got you started on this whole fitness journey? I know you've been involved with football, soccer for the American audience. Yeah. Um, what, what was the real catalyst behind that? Yeah, great question. So yeah, like you said, I was always a you know passionate footballer when I was a kid. I got to play a uh, quite a high standard in the UK. Um, and my goal was to be a professional, right? I wanted to be a pro that was playing for, for these teams and getting paid. Unfortunately, I got to, you know, 17, 18, and I just wasn't quite good enough compared to kind of the other guys that were coming through. So I kind of, yeah, tried to hold on for it for a couple of years, play a good standard, but I kind of realized that like 18, 19, I wasn't really going to make it as a pro. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I started, I went to a college full of big rugby players. And at the time, right, I'm that typical young guy, right? Skinny. There's all these big rugby guys around me, not very confident. And I'm thinking, man, I need to get some muscle on me, man. I need to get a bit bigger. Um, <laughs> I, you know, I think a lot of people go through through that phase. And I, I'm quite short as well. So I was like five, seven. Confidence took a hit from football. Um, you know, you're moving into adulthood and I'm like, I need to get in the gym and start, start building some muscle. Um, and when I did, I, I was, you know, kind of following lots of things online where, there's a lot of misinformation, man, a lot of bullshit around how to build muscle, yeah. how to eat well. And, and you guys have probably seen this. And like within the first few years, I made tons of mistakes, you know, injured my shoulder, crash dieted, you know, worked out till I passed out, all this kind of shit. And I, I kind of thought to myself, well, this can't be fun, man. You know, like, what am I doing? I'm not getting results and I'm doing all this work. There must be a more optimal route to, to get healthy. So I started reading studies. I started getting qualifications, started learning about kind of evidence-based um kind of nutrition mixed with kind of my anecdotal um, experience. And I started getting some very good results after, you know, I started mm. learning about this and um, people started asking me, Hey man, how do I do this? How do I do that? And it was getting to the point where so many people were asking me, I thought, well, maybe there's a business opportunity here to, for, for me to launch. So started putting myself out on social media, um, launched my business back when I was um, at university. And then yeah, five years down the line, I'm doing this full time now, man. So yeah, that's kind of a bit of a story. That's beautiful. Yes. Yeah, to see where you, I mean, spe- specifically on Twitter, to see how how far you've come, it's it's really cool. And just the ability to help clients out, transform their health and, and their their lives, essentially, that's that's priceless. For sure, man, Absolutely. definitely. Um, I hate to do this to you guys, but I actually forgot to connect a little thing. <laughs> you forgot to connect a little thing? <laughs> yeah, we got, we got to make make it sort of fun, right? Hey, this is part of the so process. Sing the ABC Let's do it. Until I love it. <laughs> Unacceptable. <laughs> Oh, good Lord. <laughs> wow, I actually did it. Oh, sorry. oh, good for you. You were wow. prepared. Plus the beauty of this is we can... We do you can ever do things it, with like a brain fart and then it re- you realize you actually completed it fully? <laughs> <laughs> like what? You ever realize you did your job? I did my job. 
<laughs> subconsciously. Yeah. Well, um, Anwar, I actually have a question for you. Mm. Sure. So, seeing as uh, this whole, you know, let's call it the Fitzbo culture is very up there right now, you know. Um, <clears throat> I'm very heavily into the fashion industry, so I see that sways into the direction of sports now. Whether you're in the gym or not, and it's just kind of like, what are your thoughts on like, like how do you identify for the real versus fake, I guess you can say. Real and fake in terms of what? In terms of uh, the people that, that are actually about it and versus the people that are uh, faking about it. I like guess. trying to put on a trying persona. Trying to put on a persona. Really, you're about the, the fit and the inspiration rather than the mental game in the gym, the dieting, and all that actual hard work. Like it makes us, it makes the real people feel like they just blend in, mm. you know? Yeah, that's such a good question. I think one of the big ones is like, who stands the test of time? Do you know what I mean? Like there's these guys that will pop up and they'll get their kind of 30 minutes of fame, right? Preaching mm. their new program. But like, you know, in like three years, is this guy still around? Like, do you still know his name? Do you still, does he still show up yeah. kind of thing, right? Is he still respected? And I think that that's, that's kind of a big thing. Um, I also think the more kind of social media platforms people are on and the more content that they do, especially the longer form, the more you can trust them, right? Like you get some guy on a podcast speaking for an hour, it's very hard mm. to fucking hide, right? Like, you know, unless, <laughs> unless, unless he's a Hollywood actor, man, this guy is fucking legit, right? Like yes. you hope so anyway. So I think that that's a big thing. Um, and yeah, just are they around for a long period of time, right? You know, the legit guys are always around The other people get found out. It's the same with, with life in general, right? Mm -hmm. That's the truth. Yeah. That's, I think that's a very, that's very a very, benchmark. very good way to say it. Yeah. Now I was, I was also curious, have you ever taken place in like competitions for you know, physique or any of that stuff? Never, man. So I'm kind of, you know, people look at me and they think this guy's like a, you know, obsessed bodybuilder that loves like, you know, all this kind of <laughs> stuff, right? Like going on stage with like short shorts, like putting fake tan on, like couldn't be worked further from the truth, man. For, for me, like I, I like the competitiveness of health and bodybuilding and that kind of thing. And mm. I got that from playing sport at a young age competitively, but I've never seen the appeal of like getting half naked on the stage full of guys, right? Like for me, like <laughs> I just, I don't see the appeal. Um, you know, I respect the guys that do it, but for me, I'd rather, you know, travel. I'd rather have a fun social life. I'd rather, you know, focus on business. That kind of thing is much more important to me than like a competition or a show. Um, that I feel that a lot of it as well is politicized as well. Like a lot of these guys winning shows, it's, it's based on kind of like, you know, their, their social profile, whether they know like the judges, all this kind of political stuff goes on in the mm -hmm. background. And it's not a fair reflection on your hard work, I don't think. So for me, I'd rather not be in it and not be kind of that obsessed. I'd rather have this kind of balanced lifestyle where you look good, but you still have fun and have a, an enjoyable life. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we'd rather have yeah. trips to Ibiza and just, you know, Parting it up and enjoying your, your youth. <laughs> a balance, right? Yeah, yeah for sure. That's, that I love balance. We all know that. Yeah. <laughs> that's like one of his balance, main man. phrases. That's my, my main phrase is balance. I love it. But yeah. It's just more, it's like I, I love the way that you speak about it because you can tell that your mental game is strong. Okay. And it's like you can tell that like when you hit the gym, it is more than the gym. It's more of like I'm not here because I want to fire up my body. It's more like this helps my mental head game in the long run. Kind of like, like you said, you like traveling. You're not really, you, what, what doesn't appeal to you, you know, you just stay away from and you do the things that actually trigger your brain. And I feel like you would go the same way direct, directly towards nutrition and, you know, bodybuilding, things like that. Mm. Yeah, for sure. Is, is that, would you say that's one of your goals? <laughs> this mental clarity? 100% man. And especially as someone that I've got big ambitions in regards to what I want to achieve, you know, mm -hmm. throughout business and then throughout life. And I don't think you can get there without not, not exercising, man, and not working out. It's mm -hmm. just not, it's, you're not going to be at peak performance, unfortunately. Um, and, and you're looking at the guys coming through now, you know, there's raw talent. There's, there's guys that are, are very talented, but if you can optimize your body and you can optimize your mind to a point where you're fucking operating at like this level, then, yeah. you know, you live in life on easy mode in a sense, right? Like, you know, yeah. some guys are 60%, you're at 100% because you look after yourself. And for me, that's what I want to be at is 100% as much as I can so I can achieve the things that I want. And, and the, mental, the mental part is, is a huge part of it, 100%. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a very true thing because like, for example, in my experience, like I have started and started and started again, but it always ends. 
that's the problem. So I, I find this thing where people talk about motivation a lot and like motivation is from within and motivation keeps you going and all this stuff. So I, I think the best, the best thing to do is stay away from motivation when it comes to the gym. <laughs> it's more, um, find something else that you like about it. Like for example, find a nicer environment for a gym. Maybe that's what you're missing. You know, hundred mm-hmm. um, percent. I can. It could be. It could be that. like we are all different human beings, right? And I know you would hundred percent. Like you like emptier gyms, right? Oh, Some people sure. like sweaty gyms. You know, like a garage gym. <laughs> That's what I'm at now. That's what I yeah. transfer to. Like, I mean, and my whole life I was a 24 hour like fitness and just like you know yeah. big conglomerate or like commercial gyms, and it was just after a while you're like i'm getting fucked over so bad <laughs> you know i'm paying like like they're low price you know it's 35 yeah. 40 uh, 40 bucks a month mm-hmm. and i'm like i could go to another gym that's 50 and they have like all of the power lifting like like proper equipment that i actually want yeah and they treat me like a human being <laughs> <laughs> you know yeah like the last gym i went to um I was walking out of it one day and some dude grabbed me by my shoulder mm-hmm. like aggressively who worked at the gym and spun me around and he was like hey i need you to sign this and i'm like first off no second off what is it and he was like it's something like you sign it you sign your friends up you get like a free whatever the fuck you know just sign it and i'm like no i'm not going to he said sign it like very aggressively and i was like is this guy gonna hit me if i don't sign this petition (laughs) you know like that's the level that some of these like i guess you could say like commercial gym trainers Mm -hmm. get to Mm -hmm. like that level of aggression like at the same gym, this was like a couple months before that happened. Mm-hmm. A different guy came up to me. He's like, hey, bro, you're looking kind of small. That was his approach. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Jesus, man. Yeah. He's that's... like, you're looking kind of small. And I'm like, oh, thanks. Really appreciate that. Like, that's nice. great. And he's like, you need a trainer, bro. And he's like, I can get you where you want to go. And I'm like, no, I think I'm good. I'm good for <laughs> like, Oliver, do you come across stuff like that? Yeah, I, that was what I was trying to get towards. I mean, that's that's the problem, is it, with these commercial gyms? There's, there's not a there's not a strong sense of community in there, right? There's like guys that are like just want the cheapest option, want to go to this place. They might be working out of town, or they might not be from the city, so they might be there for a short term. And there's so many people in there, like that. It's just so crowded. It's full of fucking. It smells of bo. It's disgusting, <laughs> right? And the trainers, they don't really care. They just see you as kind of a number coming in. Um, and so that's I actually don't train at these 24 hour gyms anymore because they're just they feel that they lack some kind of authenticity or any kind of community and for me i love training at these like big meathead bodybuilder gyms right where like i go in there and i'm the smallest guy in there but you know these guys are pushing themselves hard every day you know they you know lifting dirty weights around you know five times five times a, a week for like decades right these guys just don't give a fuck about anything <laughs> apart from lifting weights and i kind of love that mindset because it like that energy just like seeps off on you because i'm not like a bodybuilder meathead but like when I'm training, I like to be a bodybuilder, be Ed, if that makes sense. So yeah. for me, like being in that environment, I just feel the energy and I'm like, shit, man, like I'm lifting heavier today. I'm pushing my steps further. Um, yeah. You know, everyone around me is bigger. It's like, fuck, this feels like a, a really like inspirational and motivational environment. So yeah, environment plays a huge role in, in exercise and fitness for sure. You're pumping me up right now. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I can, I can 100% relate to that sentiment. Like, um, like this bodybuilding gym I just joined, like first day I walked in, like was the day I signed up. And immediately as I get on like my first like bench press or whatever, you know, just the most massive man I have ever seen comes into frame. And when I say his body is probably, I don't know, like 50% wider than mine. And he's also like six foot seven and enormous, like probably double my body weight, but he's jacked. Like just, yeah, it, you're like just. I felt like a child, you know, when they see something for the first time. They're never. They're just like, what? Like, I didn't know that option existed for humans. Like, and uh, it's just you're right. It's like motivating because you're like, I, I don't know if I ever want to reach that point. Like, I think that's a little too aggressive uh, for me. But you know, just being around people like that, it makes you want to push harder. Yeah, like, of course. To get to your goal, whatever that may be, at the end. It's uh, extra testosterone. That's that's the kind of feeling you get out of it. Mm. Speaking of extra testosterone, I actually I had a question for you, Oliver. Um, so you train and you help uh, manage certain clients and like their fitness goals and training regimens, correct? 
have you ever run into a client that approached you out of the gate and was like, I want to purposefully use either like testosterone boosters, uh, growth hormones, anabolic steroids? And what do you do if this has happened to you? Like, how do you move on from that? Because if I remember correctly, in a video of, sorry, one of your videos, um, you're talking about unrealistic expectations of people that are like, yeah, I'm just going to eat a shit ton and like, I'll get jacked in two months, right? Like you follow these trainers, but it turns out they're using growth hormones, steroids, things of that nature. Yeah, for sure. So that's a big thing that, you know, especially for me, when I first got into the industry, I was you know, wondering why these guys were so big and like how quickly I could get results. And, you know, it's just so unattainable. Even if you've been training for years, right, you're not going to look like these cover guys because they're running so many steroids, man, you wouldn't even know. Um, and, and luckily, a lot of the people that come to me now, they're not too much focused on kind of the big steroid bodybuilding look. But previously, I had people that came to me that that were either considering taking steroids or they tried them before and wanted to continue taking them. And the approach that I take is always very kind of natural, not having to use steroids, sticking to key principles, being consistent and smart with your training. So yeah, I, I kind of have to have this conversation, especially with younger guys and say, look, man, like, you know, if you're in your early twenties, like you've got so much testosterone, man, that like, you are like a fucking living, breathing, like just testosterone through the roof if you optimize your lifestyle. So there's no need to be supplementing with testosterone when you can fix this naturally. The problem is people just don't want to do the work, man. They want the shortcut. They want the quick the, the quick fix they want the pill and you know unfortunately that that has lots of side effects later on because then your natural test drops you come off of this steroids and you actually lose some muscle you lose strength and that obviously it's like any drug right there's like a fucking come down from this shit so you know you shouldn't really be doing it unless you know you get to a point where you're later into your 30s and 40s your natural test drops and then you do it in a smart way that's kind of calculated through a professional um to increase your testosterone again but Man, in your 20s, like I'm very against it. I tell these guys to just take the natural route, optimize their lifestyle, and that can be good enough, man, for the results they want to get. Hmm. Yeah, seriously, you don't need to jack yourself up on the world's most powerful anabolics to, to see results. <laughs> like, come on, yeah. common sense. <clears throat> but you get to see how how people just generally think too. I mean, yeah. if you're if you're proving to me through this that you are very short term. Like, I don't want to know what your financial status is. I don't know what, <laughs> I don't know. I don't want to know anything else. <laughs> it definitely bleeds into other areas. It bleeds other into areas other of areas, of course, because it's it's just the force of uh, action, like the way you live. And, yeah. Know. Well, it's like, a, that, that reminds me in high school of like all the uh, football players after we graduated, <laughs> you know, like the, like the air quote top guys, you know, they were taking us so much growth hormones. It was ridiculous. Like, I mean, like straight up looked like an earlier hominid, like the forehead was oh jutting God. out huge, their fingers were annoying, you know, just like all the bad side effects. And what was great was after, you know, high school wrapped up, everybody went on their separate ways. Like a lot of those high school guys kept taking growth hormones, but Ugh. they weren't training at the same volume. <laughs> So they just became like these enormous bloated, like yeah. kind of, yeah, it was just gross. You're like, oh God. And the, the, that, that leaks into the, like the future of your body, correct? The like future the future of, of course, the body. Yeah. yeah, like your future body obviously will just look deteriorated. Will it not? Well, I think yes, in a sense, like especially with growth hormones, if I remember correctly, that affects your pituitary gland, which causes like uh, just you know, growth in all aspects of your body. So not just your muscles, but it can also affect like your organs, such as Ooh. your heart, I believe also your liver, kidney, yeah. stuff of that nature. So like- It's not good. When kids, like when I say kids, you know, teenagers, um, even people in their early 20s, like take growth hormones for that long of a period of time, right? Uh, it probably or definitely will have a negative impact on them in the long run, mm. especially because like, you know, with the increase of your heart size like that, it's going to be pumping way harder. Yeah. Going to be taxing it. So it's going to have a shorter lifespan yeah. in that regard. There's, At least I would imagine. There's I don't know, always maybe, a Oliver, natural you can way. Correct me. There's always a natural way. Uh, now, I haven't talked to you much about what you want to do in the future, but I would assume there are a lot of the same elements that you have right now. You want that in a few in a few decades from now where do you see yourself in like 20 30 40 years wow great question man um i've been thinking about this quite a lot recently and um uh, it's weird because the past few years like early 20s especially all i've cared about is living for the present right like it's just been travel as much as i can have the money to do the things that i want work remotely have freedom and i guess that will always be 
kind of my long-term goal is freedom, right? Like, however mm-hmm. I get that, I don't mind, you know, to work on my own schedule, to be able to work out when I want to travel when I want, all of that kind of stuff is, is really important to me. And, and uh, you know, lots of people I speak to, but in 20, 30 years, I'd love to basically have a family for sure, have my business kind of running, but, you know, potentially having a team running it by then, definitely um, have money within investments and actually going out and building another business within the health space, hopefully. That's kind of the goal that I'd love love to have. Um, but I, I don't know, man. I don't really think that far ahead. I just kind of like to have that vision of freedom, um, having a great family being successful, having enough money to do things I want. The rest is just, just details, man. You know, how I get yeah. there, it, it kind of doesn't matter. Do you have any of any idea of what uh, that business is going to entail? What it's going to revolve around? I mean, man, it's so hard. I mean, I'd love to go into businesses and help optimize kind of employees for like their health. So, you know, mm-hmm. doing some stuff with technology that will help optimize their, you know, their sleep, their kind of workflow, uh, everything to do with performance, basically. So like, your employees could be like super fucking employees, basically. I'd love to build a business yes. that, that helps do that. You know what I mean? Um, and especially when you see the state of, you know, the way some corporate wellness is done at the minute, it, it's terrible, man. You know, some of the things that I see. So I'd love to get into that space and do that. But again, that depends on kind of the technology that's available mm-hmm. and everything mm-hmm. else. But yeah, that would be a, a cool goal to have. I'm actually really glad you brought that up because a question I wanted to ask you was, do you think larger, like, I'm just going to say like mega corporations, for example, right? Like we're thinking big, big picture. So people like Facebook, Google, um, potentially like Steam, the video game company. Do you think companies such as that could greatly benefit in terms of employee output and also just general productiveness and overall happiness levels would increase? If those large corporations like instituted some form of physical activity, it's not mandatory. Like it's just we have a gym now on site. So it's like <laughs> you can come into work earlier, you know, get a little workout in 30 minutes, 45, whatever gets you done or whatever gets you there. And then afterwards or sorry, or better yet, you just want to stay in late a little bit. You can work out there afterwards, you know, just as, as a good sign on. Do you think that'd be a good idea for corporations? Definitely, man. And I think a lot of corporations are starting to do that um, to a point, right, where they're, you know, offering like these employee benefits. However, I think the the biggest issue, a lot of it is, is kind of like nutrition, right? Because when I speak to office people, man, like seriously, like people don't have a clue when it comes to basic nutrition. You think like, you know, you learn all this stuff in school, but you basically don't know how to feed yourself properly. And I kind of think, you know, there needs to be something there that gives people a good structure on how to eat well, not you know, for anything like crazy performance, but just so you're not overweight, just so that you can actually sleep well and that you don't feel lethargic, just like basic human needs to, to be healthy. I don't think that there's anything there mm-hmm. at the minute. So the exercise piece, definitely, but also nutrition, man, I think that'll play a bit, a big role. What, what type of food? So considering that you've worked with, with, uh, these kinds of companies, what kind of food do you see them consuming on a daily, daily basis? Oh man, everything that gives you diabetes. <laughs> Cookies, pasta, like. Yeah, I mean, those. I used to, one of my friends, he works with a guy and uh, he comes into the office and he has like this salad, but he puts like mayonnaise, bacon, cheese all over it. And then my mate goes, well, what are you doing? And he goes, well, I'm trying to lose weight. So I'm having a salad. And like, like in his mind, like that's the end of the conversation. Like, ah, it's a salad. It's fine. I'm losing weight. That salad is about a thousand calories, man. You know, it's kind of like, that's kind of the stuff that you see. And that's just the meals, right? You've then got kind of like the binge eating, you've got the stress eating, which is especially very prevalent with guys that are working long hours and have lots of responsibility. Mm. That's big. Um, and just general kind of snacking is, is is the bigger thing. I think snacking is awful, man. Like, why snack? Just eat three big meals a day, man. That's it. You don't need to snack. Like, you know, especially yeah. if you're sat at a desk all day. I think if you're exercising regularly, you're an athlete, you, you maybe need to eat a little bit more. But, you know, when you're, you're just sat at a desk, man, just stick to the basics. Stop feeding yourself food that you don't need. It's, mm. uh, it's wild, mate. Absolutely. It's, it's, uh, it goes a long way. And uh, staying on track with, like, you're talking calories in that salad, right? On on average, I'm just curious from your perspective, like how many calories do you think the average work, um, the average like employee, you know, in a big company like that would need to consume on a daily basis? Because like, you know, the USDA or they recommend, what is it, 2000 calories a day yeah, or yeah, something like that, which I mean, some people say that's bullshit. Some people say that's a good thing. And I've always figured that, you know, 2000 is a safe estimate for most people just because it's like 
a lot less food you're ingesting on a daily basis, especially if you're not exercising. So I think that's more based I'd on like a, if you could, you know, tune in on that, give us your opinion. That would be. Yeah, for sure. And a thing with calories and overall nutrition is everything's bespoke and customized. So, you know, you meet a six foot four guy that's, you know, built like a fucking brick shit house. And then you have the little <laughs> Dorothy that's, you know, works in admin that's like five foot and she's like 120 pounds. Like their calorie goal is going to be completely different. Like despite the fact that they're still within, you know, the same job and they have similar activity levels. So the, your build plays a big role. I would say, you know, for guys, you know, roughly again this is all customized um you know anything from around sort of 2000 to sort of 2200 would be okay uh, and i'd say for women that needs to be a little bit less between maybe you know 16 to 1800 again depending on size and activity levels it depends but mm-hmm. that doesn't seem like much but what people need to realize is they are consuming way more than that on a daily basis like mm-hmm. some people have a thousand calories for breakfast so when you look at those guidelines and you look at consumption the they're just way off and you know it's not just the calories that we have to worry about it's also the the macronutrients right and this is what breaks up the calories so when you're looking at building lean mat lean you know you want muscle right you want lean tissue you want to optimize your hormones protein carbs and fats play a big role um and if you don't have the right consumption of this you're not going to build the muscle your hormones are going to be fucked you're not going to have enough energy and it's just going to be unhealthy for you so whilst there needs to be education around calories there also needs to be even greater education around kind of macros and you know what that entails and the importance of that for certain goals and your body mood hormones that kind of thing now uh would you recommend that for someone that is starting off like to be, you know, to be educated on the macros and, you know, to be, to be like inserting their mind in a, on a certain path or is, is there a way to start slow? For sure. Yeah. That's a great question. I mean, it depends where you are. If you, if your daily habits are eating junk food three days, three times a week, and you know, it's terrible, then, you know, basically just making smarter choices in regards to food choice, not having to worry about macros is just a smart thing to do. Right. Because mm-hmm. anything is better than stuffing your face with junk food, right. Three yeah. days a week. Of so course. for them, that's, that's good. And you, you tend to see that with kind of obese people. So obese people don't really need to know about macros and all this stuff. They just need to eat less and they need to eat better quality food that fills them up. So then they're not as hungry. They don't give into cravings as much and get their body used to less sugar and a better quality of food. Then kind of, if you're moving towards kind of the next step and you know, you have a physique goal in mind. So maybe you want to get a bit more muscle and lose a bit of body fat. Now that's when macros are going to be a lot more important because they're going to play a role in your recovery. Again, your hormones, your energy levels throughout your workouts and that kind of thing. So the more that you kind of, you know, you want to get to a specific look and the more kind of extreme and, you know, the the more shredded and ripped you want to look, the more you need to know about these things. Um, you know, if you just want to lose a bit of weight, then generally just good food choices can can start you off on the yeah, right yeah. path. Yeah. So, yeah. Starting with nutrient dense foods, I think. Yeah. When, once you get to a higher level, like you have to focus more on the details because mm. at the end of the day, that really matters. That's what really matters. Yeah. Yeah, mm. that's right. Yeah, for sure. Now I want to I want to segue a little bit. I know you are a big travel connoisseur. You yeah, like, like to it. go to different places. What is it about travel that makes you want to do more of it? And I guess what is the biggest inspiration that you take from it? For sure, man. So I think sorry, calls just coming in. Um so Travel for me, um, my dad's from Indonesia, which is, um, you know, Bali over, over in the Southeast Asia. So I've always traveled as a young kid. Have you been? It's beautiful, man. Mm. I've seen, but I have never been. I've wanted to go so bad. I've oh, wanted man. to go for it's years great. Now. It's really, you got to go, man, if you get the chance. 100%. 100%. I definitely will. Yeah, yeah it's beautiful. <laughs> um, so, you know, I've traveled a lot from a young age and I got to kind of see a different culture and, you know, it kind of opens your eyes to, you know, what goes on in the world. So, you know, you see a third world country and you kind of see the, the problems that people face. You go back to your comfortable Western life, which you know, I'm lucky to have. And you think, man, my life's fucking great, man. I don't have to worry about not eating and, you know, dirty drinking water and that kind of thing. Um, so it kind of humbles you in that sense, but you also get a greater understanding of like just being able to cope as a human. Like I traveled over to Southeast Asia, New Zealand, Australia at 19. And like, I learned so many life skills from that point because I was just one guy on my own, completely different country, didn't know anybody. You know, I didn't have any friends. Like it forced me to you know, fend for myself, right? Get a job, like go to an interview, being fucking confident at 19, you know, going and into a group of people and, and making conversation and trying to be charismatic and trying to make some friends. And you see a lot of people, they kind of grow up in their town. They meet some friends at school and they stay within that 
that that that kind of comfort bubble, right? Because they know yeah. that it's easy. They never have to flex the the muscle of trying to go and meet a new person or open up a new group of people or or approach like a, a girl that they've never seen, which is you know it's always nerve wracking doing that, right? Um, despite what everyone tries to say about how confident they yeah. are, it's always a little bit of tension there. So you know, learning this stuff is just like invaluable life skills. And then you come back and you're kind of like, fuck, I've learned all this stuff. I've had all these experiences. <laughs> This is this is great, man. I need another hit of it. Like, you know what I mean? And then you want to yeah. go to a different country and you want to see if you can do it there. And it it just develops you as a as a person, your character, your skills, um, and your understanding. So I think it's one of the best things you can do as a young person. 100 percent I I am all for the travels. I've been a lot of places, but I one hundred percent agree. Like it just builds you differently. And you get to see the difference between a traveler and a non-traveler, and it's visible mm-hmm. across the spectrum just yeah. just very obvious yeah have love you ever it, been to it. uh to the united states i have yeah so my auntie uh she's from the state she lives up in maine she's american so um <laughs> i've been up to maine i've been down to miami but i've never been to the west coast only east coast so i need to come visit you soon boys yeah absolutely oh my god we'll take you to the, the coolest spots honestly cruise on to the best all the hikes and stuff you know like you've got all those national parks man oh yeah it's beautiful yeah you can make an entire trip just inside of california Mm -hmm. like a week or two two weeks long however long you want man like there's so much shit to do here it's crazy yeah yeah Yeah, unreal i love it yeah go over to yosemite go hit up uh eastern sierras (laughs) go on down to the desert yeah go up check out the redwoods then you got like san francisco la like um, there's just so much to do man yeah you got like, in city hikes too like so, i mean like there's a lot to do there's a lot to do. you're not going to be a fun a fan of the traffic but we'll get you <laughs> i've heard about la traffic yeah yeah it's <laughs> wild it once took me i think it was three hours to go half a mile yeah oh, yeah, yeah. That's, 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 that's crazy not, it's not great not cool <laughs> but yeah we'll take care of you if you ever come <laughs> appreciate that man yeah i'll have to take you up on that offer of course. Speaking of you being the international man of mystery, I, I just had to ask you. <laughs> I love that title. <laughs> I just had to. I had to ask because you know you're also into fitness and whatnot. What is gym culture like in other spots of the world? Because I'm not very well traveled, unfortunately. I would like to be, but I just haven't really had the opportunities to go. So, like, is it is every gym like culture in each country you've been to kind of like ubiquitous with the others? So, like, are they all similar? Are they all like a little bit different? Like, for example, um, like, I don't know. I'm just throwing out hypotheticals. Like maybe in Bali, it's a little bit more laid back there. Everybody's like, yeah, come on. Like, let's go work out. Like, let's see how it is. But then I don't know. You go to like some Eastern European country. Like, I don't know. Let's say the Ukraine. I don't know where you've been, but it's just like super hardcore when you walk in, you know, just pure metal everywhere. liner. (laughs) (laughs) There's rust on the barbells and they're like, that is how we do it here. You know, like. I love the accent. That was good. Um, yeah, I think uh, it, there is kind of the same kind of theme throughout a lot of the gyms where you go to, right? So you've got your, your typical 24-hour gyms. You've got like your fighting gyms. And then you've kind of got like your meathead bodybuilding gyms. That, that kind of runs true throughout all of the world. But what you find in certain hotspots, they're, they're different, right? So Bali is like a big yoga place, right? So you'll see a lot of yoga places there and spirituality, like girls trying to find themselves all that kind of shit, right? That'll be, <laughs> that'll be Bali, right? What's yeah. your star sign? What's my star? I'm a Scorpio, man. What about you? Oh, I'm a Capricorn. I'm one of the weird ones. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> I'm one of the weird ones too. Wow. I'm the only Aries here. On the Aries man. Love it. Yeah, but you find different um kind of yeah, like trends in different places um but for me i kind of stick to the things that i like to do man which is kind of like old school bodybuilding gyms and you'll you'll find that everywhere around the world mostly because a lot of people especially now that social media is so you know globalized and stuff people are they're following their favorite influences everyone wants to get big and jacked right in every country so um there's always lots of those there um but yeah most of it is kind of the same man in regards to training yeah. And uh, just an extension of that question. Has there been a country that you went to, like you're just visiting and you walked into the gym and it was just a terrible experience from beginning to end? <laughs> I'm not saying you have to call out that country, but like. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, I'll have to call it out now. So when I was in Thailand, I was uh, I went into <laughs> a gym, man. Um and it was like underneath, like, so there was actually accommodation above it. So like there's someone's had got like a little hut up the top, but like downstairs, they had like a little gym that you pay for to go to. Um, and you can hear like the bed rocking upstairs while you're downstairs, kind of like lifting the weights and stuff. Right? 
And then like everything's kind of like attached, like in, in very dodgy ways. Like you, you think you're going to hit the punch bag and you think the whole building's going to collapse. It's just like oh, very whoa. kind of like dodgy. Mm. Right. Like, and you're thinking mm. no health, health and safety has been you know conduct, conducted here. Like you're re- you're really worried. So yeah. um, that was probably the worst one, but no, luckily the rest are, uh, I've had good experiences. That's good. Walking liabilities. When the squat rack yeah. actually plays like an integral part of the, yeah. uh, I mean, <laughs> the stability of the building. Like, I, I wouldn't be me if I did, if I've never thought about someone throwing like just a bar after deadlifting and just goes through the freaking roof. <laughs> that that has to have happened. Do you imagine somebody's deadlifting up above and they drop it and they just fall right through the floor? <laughs> yeah, no, not. Oh, not imagine. Fuck. oh that'd be rough. A, I'm going to take a wild maybe. guess. Is your favorite place to train, at least with taking taking everything into account, community, uh, location, is that Dubai? It would have to be, yeah. You're right. Hey, wow. Yeah. Yeah, because I've always wanted to go. I've just never gotten the chance. Man, it's great. I mean, Dubai, the, the thing about it is kind of, to be honest, it's not my favorite place. It's my favorite place to train for sure. The gyms there are just immaculate. You know, they're... Mm got the best equipment, state of the art and all that kind of stuff. The one thing about Dubai is, is you don't really get to see the culture of kind of the the yeah, UAE people, right? It's kind of built for tourists, rich people and um, kind of expats. So you're meeting a lot of people there from you know the States, like different parts of Europe, mm. um, you know, the, lots of kind of like rich Asians there. So like you're meeting like a diverse amount of people and that's cool, right? Like I think that that's amazing, but you don't get to see like the culture of the place itself. So like I don't think living there would be a place that I'd want to because I like places that have like that little bit of culture to it. Like I, I went to Portugal recently and you can just tell that like, you fall into the Portuguese culture straight away, kind of like the seafood, right? Like the way that they're always sat outside having coffee, the kind of everybody kind of socializing at the beach. There's like that feel to it. And, you know, when you don't get that feel, it, it kind of feels a bit um, not homely. Um, but yeah, Dubai's mm. a great place, man. Yeah. And then Logan, I know you have, I know you have questions about specific <laughs> movements because you've been raving about that. <laughs> I do. But I actually, I wanted, before I even got into that, I wanted to ask him another question about home fitness. Oh, home? Okay. Like working out at home. And it's uh, more specifically linked to, I'm going to call it trendy fitness. And what I mean by that is uh, companies such as like Peloton and uh, the most most recent one is Tonal, I think. I'm getting a shit ton of advertisements for it on YouTube, <laughs> but like... You know what I'm saying? It's the one where it's um they use mechanical resistance and it's like a bar. You can either bench press or squat or it's like the wonder workout machine thing that costs three grand to put into your house or whatever. I I was curious what your view on things of things such as that are. Like, for example, you know, you buy a Peloton bike, it's like twenty five hundred bucks, but you could get a gym membership for fifty bucks and go to a gym for multiple years where you have like a whole plethora of equipment to go through mm-hmm. rather than just this one bike. Or mm-hmm. a treadmill, or in case of tonal, tonal kind of makes more sense because there's more shit. But like, I th- yeah. still think you'd get a greater I'm, value. I'm, I'm still confused on that whole system of like how it actually works because I, I remember I showed it to you yesterday. I was like, I, do these even work, or is there a limit? No, there's a limit. Like, it's not going to do a thousand pounds, you yeah. know, like for squats. <laughs> but like, no, I'm saying limit as in your body growing. Like, is there a limit? Oh, like, I'm pretty sure your body requires more at a certain period. So then it's just gonna. Mm. I don't know, but I, I was wondering what your view on those were, Oliver, is in the sense of, is it worth it to buy a trendy exercise piece of equipment? And, um, or sorry, or do you think it would be more beneficial for people to just purchase a gym membership and like actually go work on some more compound lifting techniques, like actual mobility training rather than just one stationary bike? <laughs> <you know? laughs> That's a great question. And I was actually on another podcast uh, recently and we were talking about this. And to be honest, it's all about barriers to kind of exercise, right? So when you buy an expensive bit of equipment, it's in your house. You don't have to get in the car. You don't have to drive to the gym full of sweaty people and train. And you can just get out of bed and do it. And it takes you half an hour and you save time. That's a good investment, right? Because you could be paying $50 on the membership, but like you don't go to the gym. So your actually cost per session is not going to be that great because you're paying for this membership. You're not fucking going, you're not getting healthier. But if that piece of equipment helps you to exercise a lot more and and get, get the results, despite costing a bit more than what it would be, then that's a good kind of deal. Right. So I always look at it as like, again, like, home gyms can be great because it just removes the barrier. You have no excuse. Like your gym's in your garage, man. You have to walk down the fucking stairs, <laughs> right? You don't have to commute. You don't have to worry about 
you know, what other people think of you. You don't have to worry about getting your technique wrong. It literally is just show up there, like, and you can train. Um, so it depends from person to person. Like I personally like to escape the kind of home environment and go somewhere else because for me, like I attach home with working because I work for myself and then exercise with going somewhere else because that's my like kind of off time. Um, so for me, I like to do that. I like to have lots of different bits of equipment. I kind of like the the bodybuilding and the community environment there of, of loads of guys lifting heavy. But you know, for other people, they they might be different. They might like like the fact they save an hour a day by not commuting and having to go to a gym and having that piece of equipment within their house makes them exercise more. So for them, that's a good deal. So again, it, I think it depends on the barrier to exercise, right? Like if the barrier is high, then okay, maybe you need an equipment bit of equipment in your room to kind of reduce that barrier. Um, but if it's low for you anyway and you enjoy going to a, a gym, then then just do it. There's no need for expensive equipment. Nice. There you go. There's a tip that I have uh, actually self-formulated. It has been proven to work by me. (laughs) (laughs) But no, this actually, for example, um, I would section out parts of my house because I know like for the past two years for a lot of people, um, they have moved their business into in-home. So now home is not just home. It's you're missing the comfort because you work so much in it, Mm. right? So I had to do this thing where I had to section off every part of my house. Some rooms I had to split into like half, basically. But what I mean by that is, for example, if I am in the kitchen or if I am upstairs and I am going to go downstairs to the kitchen to grab some water, I am going to drink that water in the kitchen because that's where it belongs. I came here to do this in this specific place. Mm -hmm. Okay, let's catch some sun. Where are you going to do it? Are you going to just blare through the window or are you going to go outside? All right, outside is sun time. I'm going to divide the backyard into three different sections. One is for gardening. So I will not ever catch some sun there. Mm-hmm. I will catch some sun in my own corner. So it's kind of like you're doing this thing where you're partitioning your brain and your house into every place has its part. Yeah. It's like an OCD breakdown of your house. Yeah. <laughs> it really is. And I had to do that. And it comes, I, I swear to you, it comes from working at home so much. When you work at home, you don't know what home is because you want to escape all the time. But you're... At home. <laughs> yeah, I, I imagine like with, with training at home, it, it really just comes down to commitment because like you said, all you have to do is walk down the fucking stairs and you have a training environment, but you'd be surprised how many people find that to be difficult, if not impossible, yeah. just because they don't build up the habits that, you know, require it. 100%. And yeah, we're all different people. So, mm. Yeah, like me personally, I hate home workouts and I hate having the workout environment at the same place as where I'm living because I feel like I'm getting cabin fever from staying in the same place for so yeah, long. So absolutely. yeah, I can relate to that for sure. Absolutely. That's what happened to me during COVID was I definitely got a bad case of like workout cabin fever, if you want to call it that. <laughs> or it was just like, um, like, I mean, we didn't have like a, I guess we kind of had a designated area or at least I did. It was like the side yard. Mm-hmm. You know, because it blocked you from the neighbors. I didn't have to bother my family. And also I could sweat outside with impunity. So I was like, perfect, <laughs> right? But after like two months of working, working out outside, like in the same exact spot, staring at the same exact wall, at the same exact fleck of paint, you know, while you're doing squat, like it just, yeah. it, it kind of wears, or it wore on me at least a little bit, right? To the point where I'm like, I'm just going to take some time off. I, I think it's, you know, COVID It's probably going to mellow down enough to the point where they'll open gyms soon. And so I took like, I think it was three weeks off of training mm. and nothing happened. And I'm like, oh, well, it's around the corner, you know, and I don't want to work <laughs> out here. So like, I just went on walks after that. And then even I got over that shit. And then I just waited essentially a month and a half for gyms to open. They never did <laughs> to go mm. back to working mm. out in my house and shit. I'm like, it kind of felt like almost like a gym prison in a weird way does that make any sense yeah i can relate man for sure yeah Yeah, it's just like the mental barriers are just there like you just don't have the same energy you don't have the same focus to Mm -hmm. want to exercise um and there's nothing you can do about it because you're locked in a you know in in your house man it's that's why covid has been terrible man for exercise like it's just been a terrible fucking thing yeah yeah which ironically enough isn't one of the best ways to like lower your chances of getting it to you know exercise and be healthy yeah Mm -hmm. And it's kind of like it encourages the exact opposite with how we've handled. <laughs> yeah, the irony. <laughs> hey. Now you've you've been on this this fitness journey for for quite a long time. How many how many years would you say you have experience in this for? Coming about ten years now. Yeah. Okay. Wow. So you're you're definitely walking the mm-hmm. ma- the path of mastery. 
what right now is your biggest struggle in strictly in terms of fitness or, you know, just building a physique? Do you have a certain struggle that you're dealing with? Yeah. So I think at the minute, the biggest one is balancing a very kind of active social life with staying in tip top condition because, Mm. um, it takes a lot of discipline. Um, you know, especially when you're around people that like to party, you know, you go out for drinks, you know, you go on holiday, you go away, you're not in your normal routine like that is like the hardest part for me is trying to balance all of that with, with the active social life, which I'm, I'm managing, but you know, it takes a lot of planning discipline and yeah, like forward thinking to, to make sure that you do it. And yeah, even though I've been doing it for like 10 years, there's still times where I fuck up and I think, why have I fucked up? Right. It's just like, you know, the, the conflicts there are very hard when there's alcohol and good food involved and you're trying to stay, stay on track. Right. I'm sure all you guys are there, but, um, it's definitely it's a struggle but i'm managing it well and it just comes from practice right and knowing the right habits the right systems to put in place Mm. so like for for the average person what do you what's your recommendation because i've i've messed up plenty of times i found myself in an environment where you know people are having alcohol they're eating junk food i've fallen into that trap what recommendation do you give to just the everyday person to try and and build their way around that yeah, for sure. So a big thing that I kind of focus on is restricting kind of the frequency of the times that you go out, right? So, you know, some people say, okay, cool. Like I like to have a glass of wine every night. And I say to them, well, you know, if you have a glass of wine, one, you know, one glass of wine, one night, you get, that's going to lead to two, that leads to three. Next thing you know, every day of the week, you're having three, four, five glasses, right? And that, that builds into a, to a habit. So I say to them, look, let's just not drink at all from Monday until Friday. And on Friday, have a certain amount. And then that's it for the week. That's kind of your treat to look forward to. So condensing it down, it actually reduces a lot of the kind of obsessive behavior that you have. Because once you have one, it's so easy to have two, right? But if you abstain yeah. from Monday to Friday, boom, it's kind of like, nice and easy. Um, I think also drink choice is really important. So people like to drink wines and beers, but they're so calorific, right? When you look at, you know, a pint of beer in the UK is like 200, 250 calories. Whereas if you have a vodka with a, you know, diet soft drink that you're looking at like 50 calories. So for a quarter of the calories, you can get four drinks. So, you know, if you want to get drunk, but you want to keep the calories down, then that's the, that's a good option, you know? So (laughs) there are smart ways to do it. Um, but I think a lot of it is down to, you know, is the rest of your kind of your life taking you in the right direction or is the rest of your results getting you in the right direction? Because if you're making progress by not drinking, you're seeing the physical mental benefits, you stop caring about alcohol as much, man. Like, you know, you, you're happier to say no. Um, like now I'll happily say no to a night out or I'll say no to, to nights that I don't feel will serve me because, you know, what? I quite like my life, man, when I'm eating well, when I'm exercising, when I'm sleeping good, you know, it makes me productive. It makes me happy. My relationships are good. Like when I drink too much, that kind of goes the opposite way. I make bad decisions um, that do stupid shit. So, you know, I don't want to keep doing stupid shit. So the easy solution is cut down on, you know, the amount of excessive yeah. alcohol. Right. So, you know, we kind of all know that it's just having kind of strategies to put in place, but I think kind of condensing things down and being smart with, especially like your drink choice can be really important. Love it. Love it. Absolutely love it. I actually, I really like the point that you made about making it a treat, alcohol specifically, right? Or just, I guess you could say that's any intoxicating substance. That's legal, by the way. Important to mention. (laughs) (laughs) But, but, right, like, I think it's important to make it a treat, right? Because, you know, when you're having that productive work week, it's, it gives you something to look forward to, right? In in a sense, it's kind of like a short-term goal that's ongoing and it resets every week, Mm -hmm. Right. It gives you that little extra push to keep moving forward because if you just have it, like you said, I'll have a glass every night, you know, just a little bit. Like, what, what's it going to do, right? I won't even get buzzed off of it. Like, not even a big deal. Like, that's just kind of falling into this uh, sense of, how would I even call that? Like, self-reward without actually doing anything deserving of yeah. it, right? Mm-hmm. And then I think that could lead to more negative, like, mental states, emotional states, definitely in the long run, especially if you start abusing the substance mm-hmm. that, you know, you're supposed to be looking forward to. Mm-hmm. So I I really appreciated, like, that viewpoint of you saying that. You're like, oh, maybe just try. Try holding it off. See how that works, right? Maybe even three days, like Monday through Wednesday. Then you have a little on Thursday, and then you hold off till Saturday. Like, something like that. Whatever works for the person. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think tapering it off is important. You know, like if some guy, so I've got a client at the minute, he's um he's like a busy VP, like super stressed. And, you know, at the end of the day, like he would have, you know, one hour to himself before he had to go to bed, then wake up at 5 a.m. and get the kids ready, work a crazy fucking life, right? And like when your life's that hectic, you can't have like even more responsibility after, like you need a little bit of freedom. So I said to him, okay, man, we'll start with, doing three days a week. Um, he was doing probably five days a week when we started. Then we went down to three and he goes, you know what? I've done three. He goes, I'm going to do two. Right. And I think halfway through the program, he got down to, we cut his alcohol percent by uh, alcohol consumption down by 75% in kind of like six wow. weeks, Wow. which did, you know, for him as a busy VP, he was like, man, I'm so much more productive. He goes, I don't, I'm not irritated with my kids. Right. Like I feel leaner. Like I feel happier just from, from cutting it down, but we didn't go from zero to a hundred. Right. We like slowly kind of, cut this off and like we let, we let him see the benefits and when he saw the benefits he was like fuck man i can i can manage this right this is realistic for me to to stick to and, and that's the, the the thing about coaching it's not about making someone do things they don't want to do it's making them realize that you know what try this see how you get on and then see what fits for you um and, and kind of fit in it within their kind of boundaries of what they are willing to do that is beautiful you know what that reminds me of and this is so kind of off topic but on topic at the same time in a weird way mm. That reminds me of like back in the early, the early um, 20th century, like 1900s in America, right? Uh, we had a huge opioid problem, like uh, just the the country. I think it was like over 50% of people were using some form of heroin. Yes. Or like some form of opioids in the U.S. It was bad. And so one of the ways that the government like tried to curve that was by opening um, these heroin clinics. And I forget which town in the U.S. Like just as like a tester to see if it worked, right? And they tried that method of waning people off slowly, right? They could come in, get legal or not legal, I guess legal in a sense, yeah, it's supplied by the government. Regardless, it works. But yeah, right. So they come in, they get safe heroin, right? Or morphine, whatever it was. And then they would talk to a psychologist afterwards and they would talk about plans on how to reduce that over time. And it's it was exactly what you were talking about. They're like, okay. So it's like, you <laughs> use heroin every day, like twice a day. How about we go from twice a day to once a day and then like after time you know they were like okay so now it's from every day once a day to like just four times a week or five times a week it was the same thing and actually the um a lot of the people who went through that program right i think they had an over 80 percent success rate in terms of people quitting opioids and heroin just because they were like oh i can i can see the benefits i can see myself being healthier like i can see that i'm not as like you know, tweaky yeah. and stuff like that. <laughs> so, so, what, so what you're saying is treat humans like rats. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> what? <laughs> and the, the thing is that works for everything. Like it, it works for sleep. Like if you're going to bed at like midnight, you can just wean it down and then go from there. It works for nutrition, uh, training, I assume. Like is it, there isn't anything that it doesn't work for. Yeah, but it's that slow introduction of, okay, Let's take this out minimally, mm -hmm. right? And then I want you to see if there's any net positive results from this. And then how can we work on reducing that number overall to have a higher net positive effect? Mm. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, Zaid here taught me consciousness and like conscious eating, I guess, or conscious nutrition, whatever you want to call it. But making sure you know what's happening, like from the moment you insert something into your mouth. You have to. And it honestly, dude, that, just starting with that, that builds you differently. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. because I still eat like crap every once in a while, but it's every once in a while. It's not every day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Huge difference. So I need, I need the productivity. I need, mm. I need to feel, and I can feel the benefits, which is mm. amazing. So, Oliver, I have one word for you. The deadlift. <laughs> because this is something he's wanted to ask for, a, for quite a long time. Now. What are your thoughts on the deadlift? Like as the, just as the motion in general and, um, I'm not talking, you can, you know, advocate for specific types of grips or stance. So like maybe you're just traditional or maybe you're squatting or uh, deadlifting sumo, something like that. Um, how do you feel about the movement as a whole? Do you believe that uh, you could get the same results from other exercises that are, you know, considerably less dangerous? And I can emphasize on what dangerous means if you would like me to. Sure. I imagine you're aware you know yeah for sure so this is a great question because 
um, especially through Twitter, people are like, you need to fuck a deadlift heavy man. And this is, you know, what you need to do. And um, this kind of stuff. And then fair play, right? If you're a power lifter or you want to be the, the strongest guy in the gym, then yeah, you probably need to do deadlifts. But for eight years, last uh, eight years, I didn't do a deadlift. Eight years of training. At like first eight years, no deadlifts at all. And I built a pretty good back and strong posterior chain from doing other exercises that weren't so stressful on kind of the lower back. And once I introduced deadlifts, they were great, but the thing is with it, it's such a good exercise. You want to keep loading it heavier and heavier. And it's like kind of an ego lift. And as soon as you put ego into it, you start fucking up your form. And when you fuck up your yeah. form, you fuck up your back and that ruins the rest of your training, man. Like it's so bad. So to answer your questions, deadlifts can be great if performed with good technique and, you know, not ego and you do everything perfectly, you recover well and you stretch, they're fine. But you know, most people are not that disciplined and most people are actually not going to do that. So, you know, especially if they are new to training, I would say, you know, just stick to, to kind of other variants that support your lower back, right? Like chest supported rows or like a machine row or, you know, other kind of pull downs that build your back. Um, you know, you don't have to be doing deadlift. They're not mandatory um, as much as people on Twitter like to say that they are. Mm. <laughs> Mm. beautiful yeah Wisdom i mean from the man yeah, all of there it. you go yeah well, how, how do you feel about that <laughs> uh no i i mean i agree with him you know like i i don't like the deadlift movement personally like i've it's just not my jam you know and also my dad he used to be a bodybuilder back in the day and he told me like he told me just a long time ago before like when i first started getting into the gym he was like if you want to fuck yourself up just start deadlifting heavy. He's like, I've oh seen it a hundred times. It's like the number one way to get yourself injured in the gym is like deadlifting heavy, at least from what he's, he's seen a lot of shit, you know, and I'm not going to get into the stories that are pretty gnarly, but you know, he said just unanimously, almost every major injury he saw was contributed to deadlifting one way or another. And I was like, huh, okay. So I'll stay away from that. You know, yeah. he's like, you can do other things, you know, to work out your legs, you know, um, that are, potentially not as dangerous and so i kind of just stuck with those that he recommended so that would be you know yeah uh leg extension light leg curls but it's like mm -hmm. rather than you know as you said don't load heavy you go light and then it's just like you feel the flex as you're going down and as you're coming up you know it's just stuff of that nature what uh what are your go-to movements to replace the deadlift if you have any yeah, for sure. So deadlift, what you're looking at with deadlift, it's building a lot of the posterior chain. So for you guys listening, that's kind of like your hamstrings, your glutes, um, part of your back as well. So any kind of exercises that replicate that are good. Um, glute bridges and like hip thrusts can be really good. Um, they're excellent movements. Lion hamstring curls as well are fantastic to engage in your, your hamstrings. Um, and a, a safer version of the deadlift is actually a rack pull. Um, I don't know if you guys know what a rack pull is, but it's kind of like a higher version of a deadlift. And and this is actually going to, you know, allow you to build up your traps and build up your upper back without going as low as to engage in other parts of your body where you can kind of get injured. Um, and you can still load this quite heavy, right? So if you want to put your ego in there as well, you know, you can start lifting heavy the rack pulls and, and get results. So, um, yeah, those would be some of my kind of substitutes for, for the deadlift. I am a fan of the rack pull. I'm glad you yeah. mentioned that. Yeah, the rack pull makes a lot more sense to me because it just allows you to load up like in a proper position without having to like, you know, just bend down your back. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So I was a big fan of that. All right. Yeah. I respect that. I mean, he's not wrong. He's a hundred percent. Right. <laughs> yeah. So, so it looks like our iPad is on like 10%, but do you guys have any final questions for do Mr. Have any Oliver? Final questions for Mr. Oliver. Zaid already asked about what you want to do for your future. Yeah. But that's, yeah. he was talking like 20 plus years from now. What what's the uh what's the five year goal for for Mr. Yeah. Oliver, Mr. Anwar? So I've got a bit more of an idea for, for that. So um, business-wise, it's to keep kind of scaling my business to a point where I start building the team into it and have a team kind of do certain bits and kind of train up other coaches. That's that's a big goal over the next five years. To um be in just healthy body condition, you know, just lean year round being able to operate at peak performance to me, that's important. So I kind of got yeah, the business goal is that one. The health goal is that one. Um, kind of like my, my lifestyle goal is just to have the freedom to do what I want to do. I want to live abroad for a while. So I want to hopefully go to in the next five years, either like Spain or Portugal down in the Mediterranean in Europe. We'll, we'll come meet up. He over was there. just there. Yeah. He was Let's just do there. Let's where, do it. Where were you? Whereabouts? Uh, I was in, uh, I was in Spain. I was in uh, Granada. Oh, uh, nice. Maria. Beautiful, man. Yeah, I love the Mediterranean, man. Like the lifestyle. It's, oh, my God. It's beautiful. 
It's, it's unreal. It's, yeah, I felt like I was I was dreaming the whole trip. It was crazy. <laughs> and I've taken trips before. This one, I just felt like a dream. I have not comprehended it. It's been three weeks. <laughs> <laughs> But Oliver, we, we really appreciate you ha having you on. Yeah. Um, Thank you for having me, guys. Any Thank final you. words of wisdom for the audience? Yes, please. Um, any bit of wisdom? Uh, I don't really have any at the minute, man. Um, Fair enough. I don't, I don't right. know what to say. Just, uh, yeah, I don't know, man. <laughs> you caught me off guard there. How about some shout outs? Like, you some know, shout outs. out your stuff. Let yeah, people sure. find yeah. you, podcast information. Yeah, for sure. So you can find me most active on Twitter uh, at Rowan Morris, the tag. Same as my Instagram, uh, where I kind of post more of my travel stuff. YouTube, again, the same, Oliver Anwar. Um, and my podcast is called the Business and Fitness Ma uh, Fitness and Business Mastery Podcast. Um, you can find that on iTunes um, and Apple and all the major platforms. And that's it. Yeah. So if you yeah. want to chat to me, reach out, guys. For sure. Yeah. We'll, we'll be make dropping sure the links in the, in the description as well. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. All right. But hey, we appreciate you having you on. Mr. Thank you for all of uh, Yeah, thank you for joining us today, all. Yeah, thank you for having me on. You guys got a good podcast, man. This is like very unique, very chilled, man. It's like three of you there. I've never been on yeah. a podcast like this, so it's it's very very good. We thank greatly appreciate it. Appreciate thank you very it, much. Yeah. All right. Yeah, all right. Send us out with any yeah, yeah send until us next off, time. Then. All right, guys. Well, this has been not episode number 98 with Oliver Anwar. You can go check out his pages in the description below. Uh, follow us on YouTube at the 2AM Podcast. We also have Eclipse channel. Uh, follow us on Instagram at the 2AM Podcast. <laughs> Who figured? <Yeah. laughs> Who would have guessed? <laughs> All right, guys. We will catch you next time on episode number 99. So stay healthy. Peace. 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 <laughs>